You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and uh, we're all fed here. We just had lunch. How are, how are you feeling, Matt? Oh, very, very satiated by the food person that gave us food. Yeah, yeah. and how, how do you feel third week back in studio? I'm getting my bearings. I'm trying to get my, my groove back in the seat, you know? And how are you feeling about the Chicago Bulls now that you're back home? Uh, still... Well, maybe not three. And I don't know what the record is, but I think they're doing great. A winning record, record most likely. from the future. <laughs> and, and that's Ken. Ken, uh, Blackhawk's not doing so well. Well, we'll see. We'll mm. see what it's like in two months when this airs. Okay, well, hope But well, right now, not good. Not yeah, we good. always we always very poorly Right now, there is a zero in the win column. <laughs> zero in the win column. And Jeff, what is the name of the racer that you like? Moncast or something? What is it? Oh, no, no. Um, I was talking about the Charles Leclerc. And he's from Monaco, which makes him monogast. Okay. He makes good pastries, too. They have cream in it, right? <laughs> Half the time, I don't know about? what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> you know, we got we got a review that said, if you don't listen to this week to week, good luck knowing what's going on. And I'm starting to agree with this, <laughs> with this reviewer. But you know what? You should listen week to week. That's true. You should. And speaking of reviews, actually, we're trying to get 500, and I think we're right over 400. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you can leave us a review, it would actually help because we found out from our recent survey that all of our wonderful listeners filled out that uh, a lot of you found the show just by searching trivia on your podcast app, and all those reviews are going to help us. So mm-hmm. if you don't mind, we had one that said, I want to see Matt and Jeff fight, which was a great review. <laughs> yeah, and, good and suggestion. we'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. So please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else you listen to your podcast. Yeah, that would it be could super be glowing helpful. praise. Or... Can I fight? Neil, though? If that's what the viewers want or the listeners want. <laughs> I, I right. have to see it in a review first. So please leave 500 reviews and then leave 500 more just to be that man who leaves <laughs> 1,000 reviews. I was like, what are you doing? And, and uh, that is the best endorsement we could have gotten, Ken. Thank you for uh, asking for those reviews. And uh, anyone in Scotland, uh, if you don't mind, uh, don't be mad at that. Uh, all right. Well, we have two very special guests here. Um, let's start with our guest player today. Uh, we wanted to have him on They're the show. They're Australian, right? I was like, are they Welsh? <laughs> They're Australian. Are they Australian? I think so. They're Scottish. I, I thought. thought they were Welsh. We'll look it up. Because they go 500 miles of Scottish. <laughs> all right. Let me look it up. Okay, we'll we'll get wrong. to the bottom of this. All right. So while he's looking it up, uh, this first guest we've had uh, wanting to be on in a long time, uh, and uh, he's coming to us from Everett, Washington. He's a savage superstar on Patreon, and that is Josh North. How are you, Josh? I'm doing well, Neil. How are you? 
Good. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, who your partner is going to be with today. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm. I do accounting for a biofarm company up in Seattle, Washington. I live just a little bit north of that. Um, not a lot to say about myself. I watch a lot of sports, and I I can sympathize with Ken on the Blackhawks because our Kraken aren't starting out too mm. great. At least we have we have one in the W column, but the home opener was a little rough last night. Well, at least you have a team now, so it's going to take yeah. a little while to get on yeah. their feet. Step in the right direction. We're, we're not the clearly not the Vegas, the Vegas Black, no, the Golden Knights in the in our inaugural year, but that's all right. We'll get there. Um, and I'm going to go with Jeff today because I think he counterbalances my knowledge um, pretty well. Oh. So awesome! So it'll be uh, Jeff and Josh uh, playing together today, and uh, they've chosen a team name uh, probably to uh, haunt me when I try to repeat it several times. But they're going to be North by Josh Northwest. <laughs> yeah, as a, a little homage to uh, Josh North mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, North by Northwest. Uh, all right, so you guys are going to be a team, uh, but in order for them to play against uh, Ken and uh, Matt, we'll get their team name in a minute, we need a host, and we have a very special host with us today coming to us from Seattle, just a little south of Josh, and she is an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, and that is Lara Rueg. How are you, Lara? Hi, Neil. Hi, everybody. Thank Hello. you for joining us. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, as uh, Neil said, I'm uh, currently living in Seattle, which is Duwamish and Suquamish territory. Um, I'm an outdoor educator. Um, and I start a brand new job tomorrow at the Pacific Science Center, which uh, is neighbors to the Kraken. So maybe I'll be able to catch a game sometime. Uh, Congrats. And I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, congratulations on the new job. And we hope it goes uh, swimmingly for you. And uh, by the time this comes out, you're already going to be a star there. And then you can just throw this podcast out and be like, look what I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so Matt and I are going to be uh, teammates. Uh, since Matt's back, we're going to be welcome back, Matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my God, guys. Oh my God. Matt's back. And uh, before we uh, get to play, we need the rules. So let's have Darren do it in his best proclaimer's accent, which is Scottish. Told you. The rules of the game are simple 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. So you got to believe me here. I knew they were Scottish. It's all in the lyrics. <laughs> Good job. It's Good all job. in the lyrics. All right. Uh, so we have Welcome Back Matter versus North by Josh Northwest. And uh, I'm just going to do scorekeeping today. If there's a question I know, I might lock in if no one else gets it, just to make myself feel better. But I'm going to be in the background over here. So, Lara, feel free to take it away. Awesome. So for the first round, I challenged myself to do a stream of consciousness round. Um, We'll see how that went. Um, But yeah, to start round one, um, I'm really inspired by another podcast that's about trees um, it's called completely arbitrary. Um, so it's very good. <laughs> um, I was listening to an episode about this tree and I wrote this question. So yeah. Uh, question one trees, a group of these trees is called a mangle, perhaps deriving from the Spanish word from this tree, or perhaps to describe the mangle of stems and roots. Is that a tree or is that like a geographic feature <laughs> or geological feature? Uh, well, let's say it's a tree, and yeah. we're going to lock in. Okay. What are you coming up with over there? 
No, I'm very confused by this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know this one at all. Uh, I like mangoes. I think those grow on trees. So say mm. mango. A mango tree. Okay. That's fine. Let's do that. And just hearing uh, mango, we were just jumping over to mangrove. Is mangrove a tree? Is it a cluster of trees? We don't know. I don't mangrove. Know. <laughs> All right. Off to a, a medium start. But yeah, the answer is mangrove. Wow. Wow. I, I thought I thought Ken wrote man cave at first. And I said, <laughs> that is not a tree. Let me do my stretches here so I can pat myself <laughs> yeah. on the back. And it's <laughs> kind of confusing because mangrove can refer to specific like species of trees. And it's also the general term. It's a not very well named tree scientifically. Mm. Damn. Mm. But well, you can work Cat. on that. It's your new job. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So question two in the category of atmosphere. Um, mangroves can live anywhere between 30 degrees north and 30 degrees south. The latitudes of 30 degrees north and south are called the horse latitudes, where windborne ships can get stranded due to calm winds and very little precipitation. There's a similar zone at the equator where ships stall due to converging winds. What is the name for this area of calm wind at the equator? I think this game's too smart for me. <laughs> Darn, everyone have a good day. I know. <laughs> All right. So I know this is so stupid, but I know one thing about nautical sailing that's from One Piece. Oh, geez. <laughs> so I have you I have the name. Get I have the name of this region in One Piece. So if we want to use the same name, we can go for it. Well, I don't have anything better. All right, so. we're going for it. If I get this answer through one piece, I'm going to leave the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, guys. Uh, I, uh, Despite my, my posh appearance, um, I, I don't know anything about sailing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the zone of no, no return. return. <laughs> I like how you knew where I was going with that. Uh, Josh, I'm just going to lock that in. I, I can't picture this. Yeah, that's fine. I don't have anything for this. All right. Any good pirate knows that if you want to cross from one of the four hemispherical oceans in one piece, you can't get to the Grand Line unless you go to Reverse Mountain because it's separated by the Calm Belt. The Calm Belt is our answer. I think, if I'm correct, in the old cartoon I saw of the Phantom Tollbooth... <laughs> Where are these answers coming from? All right, what is it? I think it's doldrums. Neil is correct. Oh, it is the doldrums. Good job, Neil. Good job. Thank you. Put it up. Oh, Neil you. is now tied for the lead. <laughs> but I can't his believe it wasn't Calm Belt. I was really hoping for Calm uh, Belt. Awesome. I've been told that that question was my hardest question. So oh, that's good. That's good. That hopefully so we so get Neil's going to crush it. <laughs> awesome. So. Uh, the doldrums and the horse latitudes are similar. And speaking of horses, most horses have 205 bones in their skeletons. However, Arabian horses often only have 202. They sometimes have two fewer vertebrae, making their back shorter and stronger. And they have one fewer bone in this area, which some say improves their racing stamina. I also know this one randomly because of Patrick Swayze. He raised Arabian horses. Oh, my God. How, how specific? <laughs> How specific? It's like a to... general area. Like you don't have to say a specific. Okay. Are we locked in? We are locked in. Uh, yeah, I didn't know this was an all science game. <laughs> I would have called out sick. <laughs> Which quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks? <laughs> um, uh, so, 
stamina, you would think like probably something to do with breathing, right? But that's not really bone related. Yeah. Would it be would it be something in the neck that would maybe open their air passage a little more? A bone in their throat, like a hyoid or whatever that's called? Maybe. Something that blocks the air passage? I don't sure, know. Sure, we'll, we'll say uh, they're missing a bone in their neck. All mm. right. If I know anything about the skeleton song, but based on horses, it's the throat bones connected to the... Nose bone. Maybe. We said nose. Yeah. I think I think it's one less vertebrae in their back. I could be wrong. Though. That is what that. she said. So. She said they're two less. <laughs> oh, two less in her back. Okay. So she told you and you're wrong. <laughs> 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 um, so you were right to, were right to think that it did have to do with breathing, but it's actually a rib. Oh, they're missing hmm. one rib, not a set of rib. What's ribs, which is kind of weird. All right, next category is barbecue. Um, I'm a vegetarian and haven't eaten ribs in a long time, but still, barbecue ribs is one of the most beloved regional foods in the U.S. There are four generally accepted regional styles of barbecue. Two named after cities and two named after states. Please name three of them. I think we can lock in. So what I'm thinking is there's, they always talk about Nashville and St. Louis for their barbecue. And then as the cities, I'm not sure what the second state is, but I'm pretty sure one of them's Texas barbecue. So I, I would say. I think Texas barbecue is right. I think Kansas City is, oh, a, Kansas huge, City, yeah. is a huge barbecue place. That, that would be the one in Missouri. Um, yes. And then in Tennessee, I don't think it's Nashville. I actually think it's Memphis in Tennessee, Memphis-style barbecue. Okay. Um, Do we have the, the second state? Do you think we'd be more comfortable with that? Uh, yeah, but have you ever had Rhode Island barbecue? <laughs> <laughs> so I was confident, and I had both states, but wrong city. So yeah, I'm, I, I I'm like, more of a Delaware I, barbecue guy myself. Yeah. But uh, That Rhode Island barbecue, yeah. Mm, slaps. Tennessee, Kentucky... <laughs> Trying to think of All another right. SEC type. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go Texas, Memphis, and Kansas City? Yeah, I've definitely eaten at a bunch of good barbecue places in Kansas City. I would take this man's word for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll trust you. What a coincidence. Uh, we went completely different and said Kansas City, Memphis, and Texas. <laughs> And those are all correct. Um, the second state is North Carolina or the oh, Carolinas yeah. in general. Yep. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's great. I forgot about that map at the barbecue place I like around here <laughs> that has it on the wall because the, all their all their sauces are like, you know, Memphis or Casey style. Yeah. or Yeah. And since you're a vegetarian, your invite to our secret uh, vegan cult is in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> Good to hear. All right. Question five is in the category of baseball. Um, Kansas City, Missouri is the home of the Negro League Baseball Museum, which documents and commemorates the various leagues that played between 1920 and 1960. What's the name of the team based in Kansas City at the formation of the Negro National League in 1920? This is the same team that signed Jackie Robinson in 1945. Jeff, I think I know this. Oh, wonderful, Josh. I, I'm trying to remember. I've heard it before, but I'll trust you. We'll lock in. So if he's if it's the team that signed him to the Negro Leagues uh, and it's in Kansas City, Kansas City has a thing where they name all of their teams after royalty. So they have the the Chiefs, the Royals, and there was a Kansas City Kings, which I don't know if that's also the name of their Major League Baseball team, but I would be 
I don't really know any Negro League teams outside of the Cleveland Spiders. That's the only one I know for sure. Because it's an awesome name. Yeah. Um, and when the, the Cleveland baseball team was thinking of changing their name, that was one of the suggestions. Um, but I, if you're okay with Kansas City Kings, it's just a kind of a decent guess. Sounds can, good to me. Okay. We'll lock in with that. Uh, well, I hope I'm not wrong. I'm kind of on the same train as the, the royalty thing. But if I remember correctly, and Jeff, if... This is what I locked in. This was the Kansas City Monarchs. All right. And the answer is the Kansas City Monarchs. Yeah. Great job there. Yeah. Great job, guys, on both those. And uh, very even play today because you were tied at 20 after five questions. All right. All right. All right. Category six uh, or question six, category of monarchy. Um, Princess Mako, the older sister of the second in line to throne of this nation, recently shocked the public by revealing her fiance had grown a ponytail. What nation is Mako a princess of? Mako and her fiance have been dubbed the Harry and Meghan of this nation. Oh, my. Can you spell Mako? M-A-K-O. Oh. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be spelled exactly like we think it is. So the word princess is throwing me a little bit based on like language and naming conventions. But Mako, lead, the name Mako and the spelling of it, M-A-K-O, leads me to a certain country. So if you want to... Lock in. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah, Josh, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. My first thought was Japan. I don't know why. I think Mako okay. just sounds like it could be a Japanese name. So Yeah, do they do they have a monarchy and like They princesses? do they do have an emperor, yeah. You just okay. don't want to take too much of this princess out of the earth and refine it into energy. Yeah. Right. Very specific <laughs> reference. I I'm okay with that, Jeff. I don't I really don't have a clue on this. Okay. Uh, we're going to lock in a guess of Japan. Sounds like a Japanese name to me. So we said Japan. That is correct. It is Japan. All right. Um, Mako's fiance was also, his mother was also accused of financial misdeeds. So like the public already didn't like him very much. Ooh. But and then the, the ponytail Japan. on top of it. So what's the, <laughs> I guess what's the, the big controversy with the ponytail? Oh, it just, they think he's poorly groomed. Oh, okay. And also he moved to America and oh. they think he's too American now, so. <laughs> he's too guy Jean. Now he's watching hockey, started a podcast, he's going <laughs> off the rails. Doing craft beer. <laughs> Same. Princess Mako's right. husband came back and said, hey, have you guys tried this IPA before? And they're like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question seven, category of literature. Japan is known for creating pretty cool stuff, including my family. Um, in addition, a Japanese noblewoman named Murasaki Shibuku is credited with writing the first ever, ever novel in the 11th century. What's the name of this novel? No. You'd think Ken and I would know much more about Hion era Japan. The one of the Splinter Cell books? It's not. <laughs> I believe those were all Tom Clancy. Okay. And also, I don't think there's any books. Okay. Uh, we're going to guess the uh, Kanto Tales okay. instead of the Canterbury Tales. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll joke Madame Butterfly. All right. Yeah, this is a really hard question. You kind of either know it or you don't. Um, but the book is called The Tale of Genji. Mm. Oh, I had heard of that. Yeah. Uh, category eight, bamboo. <laughs> Some of the chapters of The Tale of Genji's authorship are debated, particularly the 44th chapter, The Bamboo River. Which fact about bamboo is false? Number one, Thomas Edison's team found bamboo to be the best filament in their work on develop developing the light bulb. 
Number two, all bamboo of the same species flowers at the same time around the globe. And number three, bamboo is the official plant of Indonesia. All right, Matt and I have a consensus. Uh, does bamboo grow all over the globe? And if so, wouldn't it bloom at different times depending on the seasons? I, I mean, if it's, yeah, that would be really interesting. And so that sounds like it couldn't be right, but I think it might be that the one that's really throwing me is I can't imagine bamboo making a good filament for a light bulb. I just feel like it might catch fire. Um, <laughs> they make that's great true. reeds for instruments, but I don't think they make good filaments for. Uh, oh, is that what those reeds are made out of? Yeah. Bamboo? I think so. Yeah. Um, they certainly look and feel like it. I'm the real yeah, ones. I think there are bamboo reeds. Yeah. Um, but I got, yeah, I, I got to say, I can't sense. think it's a light bulb. So we're, I think we're going to go with the first one is false. We also said number one. Ah, dang. Well, the answer is number three. Mm. Bamboo is not the official plant of Indonesia. It's the official plant of St. Lucia. Okay. Oh. The Caribbean island nation. Also a band. Yep. I met them. Did you really? Yeah. Were they nice? Yeah. All right. I enjoy their stuff. Yeah. Good pretty, review. Pretty, pretty enthralling. It was pretty nice. Yeah, they were nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So question nine is actually a lyrics question. Um, and the way I got here is St. Lucia's the patron saint of blindness. So name the song and the artist. Uh, five bonus points for the year the song was released. So here are the lyrics. You're the first to fight. You're way too loud. You're the flash of light on a burial shroud. I know something's wrong. I got it. I'm singing in my head, but I can't think of the name of the I got it. I got both. Yeah, you love. Oh this band. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't love. I, I know. I have one one CD, the same CD that everybody else has. <laughs> do you do you have the year? This year. Yeah, that's what I wrote. So at first, thinking about this, I thought this was going to become a no rain, uh, blind, blind melon, melon situation. Question. Yeah. But it turned out to be a third eye blind question, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, do you know the song, Josh? Uh, isn't it like Jumper or something I, like I that? I believe it is Jumper. Yep. I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and do we know the year? I know it's mid '90s, late '90s. I, I was thinking. I think. I think it'd be more mid '95, maybe. I'm pretty sure. So I think I saw this band at a bumper shoot, and I'm trying to remember when that was. I think I was like 12 years old, so that'd be around '97. You're I don't a know. cool 12 year old. Going to shows. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm good with 97. I thought it was in the mosh pit. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was between like 95 and 97. So, so 97. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, good locking yeah, in uh, with the well, Alkaline Trio classic 97 for our bonus. Yeah, case. I don't know that it was a brand new song then, though, and I don't know yeah. if that's exactly the right year. But yeah, that's fine. Let's go 97. I mean, we got we got Third Eye Blind and Jumper. So yeah, we say Third Eye Blind, Jumper, 97. Also, and uh, rumor has it that Third Eye Blind not so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if you want to listen to a really uh, entertaining podcast, 60 Songs That Explain the 90s, the episode about Third Eye Blind is hilarious. Very the, the front man of Third Eye Blind is not a nice person. <laughs> and yeah, it's Jumper by Third Eye Blind, 1997. Oh, Ooh. wow. Full points for everyone. Nice job. Is that yeah. 11? And uh, and the, the singer for Eve 6 is being not the hero that we need, but the hero that we deserve <laughs> for whatever it is, because... <laughs> He, he constantly tweets about the third eye blind guy because like, they, they played with him so much. So yeah, yeah. Plus, he always tweets. Uh, he'll retweet different things and he'll just put literally no one cares yeah. you know, for no reason. 
All right, last question of the first round. The category is 1997. The WNBA began league play in 1997. There are three WNBA franchises that still exist with the same name as when the league began in 1997. Um, Each team is worth five points. Welcome back. Matter is locked in. And uh, Jeff and Josh, what are you guys thinking over there? Uh, Well, Josh and I talked it out. I think we're going to go with the big three kind of uh, areas for sports. Um, so we said LA Sparks, Chicago Sky, and uh, New York Liberty. All right. Um, I am 100% sure on the New York Liberty and LA Sparks. Uh, they were, I think that was like the inaugural game. Uh, and then I kind of threw around, I was thinking, uh, I don't say I, is because Ken said, you got this, I'm not helping. Uh, <laughs> then he stormed I'm, off. The Houston yeah. comments were around for a long time, and I was really thinking that that was the one. Um, but for the, I know the Chicago Sky, unfortunately, they're a relatively new team. I think the 2010, 2011, somewhere around there. Mm. Um, but I think the Minnesota Lynx were around at the beginning, and I think they're still around now. So that was our third guess. All right. Uh, so the first two are the LA Sparks and the New York Liberty. And then the third one, nobody got it. It's the Phoenix Mercury. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Brittany Grinerstein. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, I remember that team. Um, yeah, congrats to the Chicago Sky for their championship this year. It's pretty mm-hmm. exciting. Like finally got a Chicago team. Mm-hmm. I guess since 2016 doing something. Candace relevant. Parker coming home and yeah. leading to the title. And a they, great they photo. Just, they just beat the Mercury in the finals. Well, it looks like after the first round, uh, Laura has written a game that has great questions, but it is dividing the teams equally because they're both tied at 55. So it's just 55 to 55 going into the swing round. And Lara, what do we have in store today for that? All right. I might make some enemies here, but this is a geography-themed swing round. Um, I feel like I always, when I'm listening and hear y'all talk about geography, I'm like, oh my gosh, they need to study up on their geography. (laughs) True. (laughs) Um, And so I wanted to write one. Um, So this is a list of single border nations. So all of these countries only border one other country. And I'm going to name that. I'm going to name the country that only borders one other country, and you have to name what it borders. Huh. My stomach just sank like I'm on a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm happy that Lara is here though, because I think we need more of these questions, especially for me, because I don't know anything and yeah. I want to learn. Hopefully, we'll learn something. I think me and Matt are about to learn a hard lesson. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I chose Jeff because yeah. I know one of these. <laughs> all right. So number one, San Marino. Number two, Haiti. Number three, Portugal. Number four, Lesotho or Lesotho. Number five, South Korea. Number six, Papua New Guinea. Number seven, Qatar or Qatar. Number eight, Monaco. Number nine, Denmark. Or number 10, Brunei. We're locked in. Oh, I mean, we'll be right back. (laughs) Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. 
You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. And we are back with some answers. Question mark? Mm-hmm. All right. We have some answers. Let's hear uh, the countries one more time and we'll see if we know what country is attached. All right. Number one is San Marino. Uh, we were thinking somewhere Mediterranean. Uh, we went with Cyprus. Um, yeah, this is in a Mediterranean country. Um, it's one of two completely landlocked within the country. The other one being uh, the Vatican City. We said Italy. It is Italy. Mm, that doesn't bode well for later. <laughs> All right, number two is Haiti. Uh, pretty confident here. We said Dominican Republic. We agree. Uh, they're each each other's own neighbor, so we said the Dominican Republic. That is correct. Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic's always borrowing Haiti's sugar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three, Portugal. Uh, we said Spain. Yeah, we said this was Spain's face. All right, yeah, that is correct. Number four, Lesotho. Uh, we were going with South Africa. Yeah, I think this is one we all know in the studio now because it comes up once in a while. We said Lesotho is uh, completely enveloped in South Africa. That is correct. <laughs> nice job, Prue. You're doing great so far. <laughs> All right, number five, South Korea. Uh, we figure that's probably close to North Korea. Yep, we said North Korea. That is correct. I figured there's got to be a couple <laughs> really easy ones in here. <laughs> we appreciate South it. Korea and North Korea border each other. All right, number six, Papua New Guinea. So not United Kingdom, Ireland kind of situation. <laughs> uh, we we weren't sure in this one. We think it's in that uh, Oceania region. Uh, we said New Zealand. You are close. Um, I believe it's Indonesia. Indonesia is correct. Yeah, they share an island together, split right down the middle, kind of like... Uh, yeah, I can mm, picture yeah. it. I was just like... like what's the other country? Singapore? No? Okay. All right, number seven, Qatar. We thought this might have been... We know it's north in the Middle East, I think. We said UAE. Oh, crud. You know, it's funny. I was thinking of Bahrain when I wrote the answer, but I Fool. think it's the same. I, we locked in Saudi Arabia. It is Saudi Arabia. Yeah, both of them are Saudi Arabia. We should just figure that Saudi Arabia is well, so big it, it was bound to be so Bahrain is an island, I think. I think it's got like a huge bridge to yeah. Saudi Arabia, but yes, it does. it's technically an island. All right. Number eight, Monaco. Ooh, this, this is where the, we thought the San Marino thing. We said this was Italy. Um, you're close. It's just a little bit west, France. Mm. 
Yes, indeed. And I thought that was oh. funny. You were talking about Monaco when we first hopped on. Mm-hmm. I figured that would be a good we one. Yeah, a little okay. callback. Yeah. Any any yeah. chance that we have a downtime? We just for some reason talk about Grace Kelly and the Prince Princess of Monaco. <laughs> All right, number nine, Denmark. We were throwing around a few of these countries in this area, and we settled on Finland. I think this is a country Ken's been to, but I have not yet. Uh, we said Germany. Germany is correct. Oh, really? Oh. Yep. We were doing so well. What happened? <laughs> and number 10 is Brunei. Uh, for no reason, we said Nepal. Yeah. Originally, I was thinking Indonesia again, but th- all three of them share the island of Borneo. And I think it's like Indonesia on the bottom, Malaysia in the middle, and then Brunei on the top. So we said Malaysia. It is Malaysia. Oh, jeez. So I, I clearly knew map. all of those, and that's why I let Jeff answer them. Yeah, sorry. I was being a little greedy <laughs> there. So for those listeners that uh, don't know what happens in the editing process, Josh got a perfect 10 on that round yeah. for, for their team. He was very gracious to let me read them all. He was. So uh, with a perfect 50-point uh, round there, uh, the team of... North by Josh, Northwest. <laughs> uh, almost forgot. Almost forgot. Is going to have 105 points. And Welcome Back Matter is picking up 20 points to bring their total to 75. So 75 to 105. Quite a swing. Thank you, Jeff, for carrying us through that round. I don't know what you're talking about, Josh. We left it on the <laughs> editing floor. And uh, speaking of numbers, there are some numbers that are super important to us here at Triviality, and that would be our Patreon support. And uh, both of our guests today are Patreon supporters. So if you'd like to join them uh, for as little as $1 a month, you can help support our show, keep your uh, operation costs uh, low. and uh, Technically, help us... you can donate any amount. You don't have That's to true. donate at a tier level. So We'll, we'll take 100 a month. Mm-hmm. I, I was I'll say take 200 a month. Uh, I was just saying a dollar a month. As I'll take 300 a month. Yeah. I, I was saying you could can. theoretically do even less. 50 cents That's a month true. if you wanted to. Uh, but Everything helps. But thanks to uh, Laura and Josh and uh, everyone like them who supports us on Patreon. We just passed our 400th uh, patron, which is amazing. And uh, all of your help uh, you know, gives us equipment like this that we're recording on and uh, helps us uh, continue to grow the show. So if you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Yeah, I've heard that maybe some people want videos. So maybe at some point if we get enough uh, Patreon support to support that. Jeff will fight Matt and we'll <laughs> videotape it. <laughs> Yeah, we, we would. Yeah, we heard a lot about video, and uh, Matt, you've been wanting to do some live stream uh, trip now games with patrons only. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we got that going too. So I'll tell you what, exciting. Jeff fights Matt, I fight Neil, and then the winners fight each other. Oh, I think the winners are our audience. We'll, we'll do like pins. <laughs> we fight so we the audience because we we all have beautiful faces. We don't want to mess up our beautiful oh, faces. Right. So yeah, we'll we... just do we'll just do first to pin. Okay, yeah, could be no, nothing to the face or throat to yeah. mess up the voice or the face. Yeah. Groin Gre- is fair Greco-Roman play. style. All groin. <laughs> all groin. <laughs> all groin. Hey, let's go round, round two. two. <laughs> all right, round two is all so just are things Are you guys that... done? <laughs> <laughs> what did I sign up for? <laughs> so round two is all just things that, you know, I found interesting. I uh, There's... A chance this is also a science-heavy round, and I apologize. No, never no. apologize for science. <laughs> don't. There never are going to be people that love this because they don't get enough of it on a week-to-week basis. So That's very true. All right. Category one, geology. If I were to describe something as being either normal, strike, slip, or reverse, what geologic feature would I be talking about? Okay. We're locked in with a guess. It's not good. All right, Josh, you, you think you might know this one? What do you think? Well, I think this has to do with the big one that we've been waiting on for for a while here. Um, 
I think it has to do with earthquakes and fault lines. I I agree with you. I think this is uh, how fault lines, you know, it's either, you know, whatever those three things were that I forgot off the top of my head. (laughs) Strike. (laughs) Slip. Slip. Yeah. Um, Okay, good to know. Uh, We said peninsula based on... Maybe their layout. We don't know. Like, what's a reverse peninsula? <laughs> it looks back. I said the fault oh, yeah. lines in our stars, so we're all right today. It is a fault line. Except oh. for them who did not get it. You know? I know. They, they, I have a big X by their answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said we all got it right. So I, I, I leave LA and immediately forget about fault lines. <laughs> not concerned anymore. I don't anymore. need to worry about this anymore. No longer concerned. Despite the fact that the Mississippi River was formed by an earthquake. <laughs> All right. Question two in the category of books. This public figure recently released her book, State of Terror, co-authored with mystery author Louise Penny, a thriller that draws on her actual experiences in international geopolitics. Her husband also released his second thriller novel novel earlier this year. We're going to we're going to lock in a guess. I'm thinking that this is somebody who maybe was like a secretary of state or had some other high ranking position. I don't know what you think, Josh. Or, okay. Uh, um, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think don't it's like this. Madeleine Albright. No. Um, true Secretary of State, I think, for Clinton. Yeah, uh, sure. Or, or Hillary for Clinton, somebody. possibly. Um, Janet Reno. Janet Reno has passed, so that can't be her. Uh, <laughs> if it just got released. Um, do you like Clinton? The other one that maybe came to mind for some reason was Condoleezza Rice. Uh, I don't. No, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> just go with whatever you want. I, I we'll say promise. Hillary Clinton. We're going with Madeline Albright. And I believe uh, North by Josh Northwest is going to get points here. Yep, it is Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh. You're kidding. No, I saw Bill promoting a book recently. That's, so. And that's when I was like, oh, it might be. Yeah, he Bill. was writing uh, books with like James Patterson. Yep. Like, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but like the yeah. president's like in his underground tunnels and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess Hillary is uh, spending her retirement writing books, which is interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. just do speeches; um, they pay way there's more. There's a market for it, I'm, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, category three: um, running. Bobby Gibb was recently recognized as the first female winner of the pre-sanctioned era of this famous running race. Pre-sanctioned meaning women were not officially allowed to run, but Bobby Gibb ran anyway. So initially, I thought Bobby Gibb was a member of the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Barry Gibb. Yeah, well, you can tell by the way she used her walk. She finished this marathon, and we can lock in. Uh, Matt locked in really fast, but a marathon probably, right? A marathon? Uh, yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it's a marathon. There's only, what, like I mean, three, uh, three big ones that you can really choose from. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it happened at the Boston Marathon. Okay. We'll say Boston Marathon then. Yeah. She registered under her name, Bobby, and she kind of dressed as, as a man would and began running and some race people tried to pull her off and then other runners protected her and she was able to finish the race. And this was at the Boston Marathon. Yeah. It's the Boston Marathon. Yeah. Bobby Gibbs also like hid in the bushes and then Mm -hmm. like jumped out onto the course while the race had already started. Um, so pretty cool lady. Mm-hmm. Cool story. I'm surprised they haven't made a movie about it or anything. There's a really couple of documentaries I think they're on Netflix. Oh, about are they? Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, for Sounds sure. awesome. All right. Question four, category of instruments. What instrument's name translates from Latin to mean the sound of wood? Jeff, how's your Latin? 
Uh, it's poor at, at best. <laughs> poor to non-existent is that. Uh... <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. That is exactly it. Way to go, Matt. Way to go. Are you being sarcastic? No. Yes. <laughs> um, when I think of sound, I think of maybe phone. Uh, so maybe xylophone. I mean, xylem is in a tree. So uh, yeah, I like that. Okay, we're gonna guess xylophone. Uh, Jeff had some real reasons. I just wrote down xylophone. And once I saw it, <laughs> I understood those real reasons. That's correct. It is a xylophone. You know what's weird? Made I, of made of metal. I don't know. I like. I'm I'm just looking at the two of you, and obviously, I don't know what you wrote. But as soon as you thought you knew it. I somehow then knew it. Uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe ESPN. Mind melt. Maybe ESPN. Maybe. <laughs> You're welcome for the reference. That's how I knew the, the Bobby Rich special. <laughs> as soon as I knew. <laughs> Transcends coast. Okay. Uh, question five. Uh, in this category is in honor of my parents, who are both high school chemistry teachers. Um, it's the category of chemistry. If your flames are green, what metal might be in your fire? Okay, we're locked in with a guess here. The okay. only stuff I remember setting on fire in chemistry is magnesium, and that burns like a really bright white. For some reason, I don't know if it's just because I'm thinking like when it patinas, it turns green, but for some reason, copper stuck in my head, and I could be way off, but I think that's what I want to go with if you're cool with that. Uh, since I don't know what it means when a metal patinas, I, I'll agree with you. <laughs> the Statue of Liberty is copper, but it like it kind of like yeah, 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 it, yeah. That's it. It reacts with the with the air. Ooh. Okay. Okay, so you're going I, copper. Yeah, I like I like because that. that's an oxidation reaction. So I figured if it burns, maybe it's green. Yeah, I like good, it. Good thinking. We were just saying tungsten. It is copper. Yeah. It might not be an oxidation reaction. I'm talking out my ass, but no, I think it is. Yeah, I don't know why both of the like both the oxidation and burning turns them green, but my parents used to have all sorts of chemicals. They would just like light on fire for me when I was a kid, and it was great. Magnesium is the best, I swear. Yeah, just don't do it too much because you go blind. Laura, <laughs> did your parents meet as chemistry teachers together? No, they met as they met as geologists, and then oh. both decided they didn't want to be geologists anymore. Oh. I decided that at an early age, too. <laughs> <laughs> you were playing in the sandbox and you were like, yeah. this gravel. <laughs> and then you decided not to be a chemistry teacher, too. <laughs> not to <laughs> uh, hey, everyone, this story rocks. Don't take it for granted. Oh, boo. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, thank you to uh, Lara's parents and their chemistry for having Lara here in her questions. Uh, after the first half of the second round, it looks like Team Welcome Back Matter picking up 20 points, bringing their total to 95. And uh, North by Josh Northwest picking up 40 points, Ooh. 50 points, excuse me. I was like, I think we got the first half perfect. Yeah, perfect round, 50 points, bringing their total to 155. They haven't gotten anything wrong in like 30 minutes now. <laughs> That's a true yeah, I knew Jeff would enjoy my game. Yeah. I, I think other people will too. I'm, But yes, I'm having fun. <laughs> All right. Question six in the category of childhood things. What popular movie series features the characters of Sarah, Spike, and Ducky? We can lock in. Land Before Time, yes. Uh, that would be correct. I believe Sarah is a Triceratops, Josh. Does that ring a bell? Yes. That okay. would make sense. So, uh, and uh, Littlefoot was the, the Brontosaurus or Apatosaurus or whatever they're called now. Just I don't know say yet. Land Before Time. We'll say Land it Before Time. It's a long neck. <laughs> and uh, Ducky was uh, John Cryer, but as a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, we got it all out. 
Oh, yep. It is Land Before Time. One of my favorite movies when I was a young child. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about uh, number nine, though? Cause that was, yeah, yeah, I was more of a number 17 or whatever. <laughs> <I know. laughs> All right. Question seven in the category of games. In 2001, the Tetris company standardized the colors of the blocks in Tetris called Tetrominoes. Don't know if I was pronouncing that correctly. Um, what color is either the L or the J piece in all subsequent versions of the game? And there's two different colors that it could be in either. I've only one. watched a little bit of like professional speed Tetris. I were locked in. They were all black and white for me because I played on Game Boy. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, Josh, do you, do you know this one? I think I feel more comfortable with yellow. Okay. I well, we'll guess yellow. We said yellow. Just because. Ah. Uh, so the L and the J pieces are orange or blue. Oh. Which one is yellow? I think one of the Z pieces is yellow. But that I don't sounds know. right. I don't. This. <laughs> I just didn't even know that they're called, they had a name, like that the blocks are called tetrominoes. I, I was hoping mm-hmm. you were going to ask how many there were because we just had that question on Wednesday at our bar trivia. How <laughs> many are there? There's seven. Because oh. two, two of them are mirrored. We guessed five, but we forgot about the mirroring. So like the L and the J. Oh, they're technically different pieces. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're two mm-hmm. different pieces. All right. Question eight. I grew up in wine country in Napa, and yet I know very little about wine. Um, within 10%, what is the average number of grapes used to make a bottle of wine? Okay. Yeah, I bet it's more than you think. So I'd be good with that. We're, mm-hmm. we're locked in. Josh, I know you're a craft beer guy, but are you also a secret sommelier? I am not. Um, I might be able to find a bottle of wine around here, but I don't think it says the number of grapes that it's making. <laughs> it says barefoot. <laughs> contains yeah. X number of grapes. It's a uh, it's a 97. Every bottle of barefoot contains <laughs> one barefoot. Contains 427 grapes. Is that your answer? I don't know. I I just throwing out a joke. Um I'm trying to think of when you squish it down. I'm trying to reason this. Just, <laughs> just guess a number. <laughs> There's no way you, you can do, reason this. If you, you do can. the pounds per square inch of the I, pressure. I, I, okay, so I eat grapes constantly. So let me see. This is like the guess the number of M&Ms in the jar kind of question. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think if you yes. ate the number of grapes it takes to put in a bottle of wine, you'd die. I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, because I could drink the whole bottle and I wouldn't die. I think, it's, I think it's a lot, but I, I can't obviously say my answer, but I think it's a lot. Right, but even still, like, you didn't specify a time, so. So, <laughs> one hour. One hour. <laughs> um, I think it's, like, maybe, it's got to be, like, I think, like, 500 at least. It's got to be quite See, a bit. I was thinking. A thousand? A thousand. Let's go a thousand. They Do throw wanna... a bunch of them in a tub, and I'm sure that only makes like a handful of bottles. So mm-hmm. we're going to go a thousand grapes. That's a ridiculous amount. We said 2,500. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if you averaged Josh and Jeff's uh, guesses, you'd be pretty close. It's around 700. Uh, so, oh, 700 so one, grapes. Uh, uh, for uh, a 750 milliliter bottle. That's so you're pretty getting close. about one milliliter per, per grape. Gonna, I was going to recommend averaging our grapes or our guesses too, but it did not happen. Didn't, didn't do it. Nah, that's all right. That is okay. All right. Uh, question number nine. Category of football. 
Um, only one NFL team has a logo based on a plant. What team is this? As we as we go through all of the, <laughs> the teams. We're locked in. Oh, you got it faster than me. I'm not sure I know this. I can name every team. Do you want me to do that, Jeff? Uh, I mean, I, oh, I could name oh, them, too. Do you think it might be the the Saints and the Fleur-de-Lis or whatever it's called? Yeah, the Fleur-de-Lis. That makes sense. Is, is that a like a flower-based plant thing? I think Fleur is like flower in French. So Yes, Fleur of Lee. Sure. <laughs> yeah, all right. Lee's let's go Fleur. With, <laughs> let's go with the New Orleans Saints. I like it. Yep, that's Lee's flower. Yep, so it is the New Orleans Saints. All right. Nice job, y'all. All right. This final question um, is in honor of my uh, Zoom trivia team that we play together called Ice Cream Social Distancing. Um, and it's a question we've asked many times in hosting for our friends because it's a very strange question. Um, and the category is No Doubt. The question is, name any other member of the band No Doubt other than Gwen Stefani. Mm. Oh, see this one. I know. <laughs> Looks like we're good. Not surprised. Yeah. Well, I might have to argue this one, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, Jeff, my... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you're good. So what do you know about No Doubt? No, my music knowledge is bad. Oh, okay. So unless I saw him at Bumbershoot in 1997. I don't. <laughs> Can anybody don't name another member of Coldplay besides Chris, Chris Martin? Martin? That's a good question. Oh, Martin, Chris, I think. Uh, do you know the No Doubt members? Uh, aside from Gwen Stefani, no. But they were never really my jam. So, what is Will I Am? What is he from? Uh, Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> Which is sad because okay. I can also name Fergie in that band. So, boom, boom, pow. So, no, so nothing from you no, guys. Will I Am played the trumpet I... for No Doubt. I'm not gonna get there. So I don't know are, either. I think we can just, just uh, mm. we can just walk away from this one. All right. And Matt, you said your answer may be contested. Mm, well, before he was a Simpsons animator, Eric Stefani, her brother, was in the band. I believe he was the drummer. So we said Eric Stefani. Eric Stefani was a member of No Doubt at one All point. Right. So I will accept that Hooray. answer. There's and a I really have... long oh, list of names that used to be part of No Doubt. But yeah, Neil, Neil wrote like three of them down over here. Well, I have the Tragic Kingdom lineup, which is my favorite lineup, which <laughs> is Adrian Young, Tony Canal, and Tom Dumont. That's the current lineup, so those yeah. are the main ones. Tra um, Tragic Kingdom yeah. forward, yeah. that was them. All right, yeah, that question's for uh, my friend Kat. She wrote it as a joke, and it has caught on among my friends. Hmm. Hello to Ice Cream Social Distancing. Thank you. That's a good yeah. name. All right, it looks like at the end of regulation, Welcome Back Matter picked up uh, 20 points in the second half there, bringing their total to 125. And uh, North by Josh Northwest picking up 20 as well, bringing their total to 175. We're in striking distance. You are. Uh, what are those final round categories for them to wager on? All right, so the names of the final round categories are in reference to the fact that I love K-pop, um, but none of the questions are about K-pop, don't worry. Um, the category names are Red Velvet, Seventeen, Brave Girls, Four Minute, and Girls' Generation. All the wagers are locked in, so let's hear those questions, Laura. All right. Question one, category Red Velvet. This is a baking question. Pound cake is made by adding a pound of each of the four main ingredients. What are these four ingredients? Um, number two, Seventeen. 
In August 1950, Seventeen Magazine featured a short story titled And Summer Will Not Come Again. The author herself was only 17 years old, and this was her first major publication. She went on to write many poems, uh, short stories, and a few novels um, while she was a student at Smith College. And although I couldn't find a copy of the story itself, it probably contained themes of depression and a woman's place in the world. All right, number three, Brave Girls. Earlier this year, Nicole Yamase of the Federated States of Micronesia became the first Pacific Islander, the second youngest, the third woman, and the 20th person ever to descend via submersible to this point in the waters of her native country. What is this point called? And I'm looking for the specific point and not the general area. Number four, four minute. The first sub four minute mile was run by Roger Bannister in 1954. In what scholarly English city did he achieve this feat? And number five, Girls' Generation. Girls' Generation is the 11th best-selling girl group of all time by total album sales. Um, name any four of the top 10 for full points. And girl group here means a group of female vocalists, no instruments, sometimes with dance. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All of the answers are now in, and uh, regarding the wagers, it looks like Team North by Josh Northwest is uh, trying to play a little protect, keep uh, Welcome Back Matter out of the end zone, so they're going to be betting 20 points all the way down, and uh, Welcome Back Matter is going a little more conservative with five points all the way down. All right, let's get those questions. Um, question one, Red Velvet. Uh, pound cake is made by adding a pound of each of the four main ingredients. What are they? All right, we believe those four ingredients are flour, butter, egg, and sugar, all the healthy uh, bottom-of-the-food pyramid items. <laughs> yeah, Josh and I agree. Flour, eggs, sugar, and butter. Oh, yes. Pound cake. There's a reason it tastes so good, because it's got a pound of all of those things. Yikes. I think butter is my favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question two, category of 17. In August 1950, Seventeen Magazine featured a short story titled And Summer Will Not Come Again. The author herself was only 17 years old, and this was her first major publication. The author went on to publish poems, books, and short stories, and was a student at Smith College. Although I couldn't find a copy of the story itself, it probably contained themes of depression and a woman's place in the world. Well, we weren't super sure on this, but the themes sure sounded like Sandra Cisneros to me, so we said Sandra Cisneros. Yeah, Josh and I uh, talked about this, um, and I think uh, what we came to was, uh, you know, themes of depression and where you fit in in the world. 
really sounds like the bell jar. So we said Sylvia Plath. It is Sylvia Plath. Oh, I thought she was way earlier. All right. And she had submitted like 50 different poems to Seventeen Magazine before they finally accepted one. Wow. Um, just before she went to college. All right. Question three, Brave Girls. Earlier this year, Nicole Yamase of the Federated States of Micronesia became the first Pacific Islander, second youngest, third woman, and 20th person ever to descend via submersible to this point in the waters of her native country. What is this point called? Well, we weren't super sure, um, but we noticed there was no coffee reference yet in this uh, this game with uh, two people that live in and near Seattle. So we sent the Java Trench. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's interesting. But uh, Josh, what do we agree on for this one? Yeah, so we were going for the deepest point, and we went for what Challenger Deep. Challenger Deep. Yes, it is the Challenger Deep, and uh, Nicole Yamase hopes to inspire other Pacific Islander girls to go into science. Very cool. Yeah. All right, number four, four minute. The first sub four minute mile was run by Roger Bannister in 1954. He achieved this feat in what scholarly English city? Well, we are going to go with Oxford on this one. And I leaned on Josh for this one. What do we say? No, well, I didn't know for sure, but when you think of scholarly English cities, we were between Oxford and Cambridge. Those are the two colleges, and I'm not even sure if Cambridge is a city. So we also went Oxford. It is Oxford. Right. And it was at Ifley Road Track, and my dad dragged me to the track when we visited when I was in high school. And I was like, all right, Dad, I'm glad you're really into this. <laughs> this is where it happened. <laughs> cool yeah. road. And you're like, it was really we're, cool. We're like, they planned the moon landing or we're like, they split an atom or. No. no, no, no. I thought it was going to be about, about Eugene, Oregon, because I thought everything that had to do with track and field happened there. It does now. <laughs> Phil Knight wants you to believe. <laughs> it's like Ken's favorite runner, uh, Steve Prefontaine. Sure. Yeah. Oh, Prefontaine. I talk about Prefontaine all the time. You make fun of me. That's why I brought it up. We watched uh, one time both Prefontaine movies, right? We only watched one. We watched the lesser no, one. No, we watched both. No, we didn't watch both. Yeah, we did. No, we watched the Lido version. We did not watch the uh, the other version. We watched both, I promise. Uh, no, I, I, it was my night. We'll check the records. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Someone read the minutes from that meeting. Okie dokie. Um, and the final question, Girls' Generation. Girls' Generation is the 11th best-selling girl group of all time by total album sales. Uh, name any four of the top 10 for full points. All right. Four uh, best-selling and also greatest groups, period, of all time. TLC, Spice Girls, Pussycat Dolls, and Destiny's Child. <laughs> yeah. Josh, that sounds like a familiar list. Yeah, that sounds like exactly what we were thinking. <laughs> we almost threw... Uh, with Diana Ross and the Supremes in there, the Supremes, but we weren't sure if that counted as a girl group, so we went the same four with the other All two. Right. Dang, I made this too easy. I made this final question too easy for y'all. No, I, I think, I think we more. just recognize talent. And Jeff, do you know the, my favorite <laughs> British group that is probably on this list, top 10? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name. I think I know That's who you're talking seven. about. No, Little no. Mix. <laughs> Little Mix. Little That's mix. right. Little Mix is in the in the list. They're the most modern, or actually, no, they're one of the more modern groups. But that the full list um, is Spice Girls, Andrew's Sisters, 21, which is a K-pop group, TLC, AKB48, uh, Destiny's Child, Little Mix, Pussycat Dolls, Banana Rama, 
and the Pointer Sisters. <gasps> Love Banana Rama. Oh. <laughs> and the Supremes is not on the list because it's their official record sales is disputed, but they're they're up there too. All right, we got five points. That's really funny because because <laughs> I I knew uh, like I was talking about Little Mix for some reason the other day as like being a girl group band and Angie's like how do you even know about them and I forgot Neil yammers on about them all the time. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> he yammers. Uh, well, Neil, can you yammer on about who won today's game? I have I a can. feeling. Uh, so it looks like uh, Welcome Back Matter picked up five points as you said, and uh, their total is going to be one hundred and thirty for the full game. But today's cream of the crop with two hundred and seventy five points is North by Josh Northwest. Congratulations. I'm the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Good job, guys. Josh, we did great. Yeah, nice nice job, Jeff. I'm glad uh, I learned this was a science-heavy game, mm-hmm. geography-heavy game coming into it, and uh, chose wisely. You chose <laughs> <from my> wisely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't all on me. I appreciate you. You were a great teammate today. We had a lot of fun. So, Well, Josh, any parting statements today? Oh, no, just thanks for having me on. I love you guys' show. I'll give a shout-out to probably the uh, podcast I'm on the most and my, my roommate's podcast. Uh, go listen to the, the Benchwarmers, Tri- Benchwarmers Trivia podcast. Uh, if you like sports, it's a it's a great listen. Absolutely. And uh, Josh's great performance uh, couldn't have happened without Laura's great questions. So thank you again for joining us and any parting words from you. Um, yeah, I'd love to just say a little bit about the fact that we're all uh, in the U.S. on native land, and we have to do what we can support to do what we can to support indigenous sovereignty. And that looks different for every community. So do your research on what tribes are nearby and what they're doing to request assistance. Um, and there's a lot of really cool websites that you can look up and find like whose land you're on. The one I recommend is native-land.ca and figure out how you can support local tribes or tribes around the country who are looking for support um, in what they're doing. Um, Yeah, and I'd also want to do a shout out to all of my friends and my family who helped play test these questions, um, particularly my partner, Ethan, my cousin, Emily, my parents, and all of my Islandwood friends. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. It's also a great cause. Um, And that'll do it for today's episode. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, everyone, for listening. And thank you to Lara and Josh for joining us today and for also being Patreon supporters. Uh, and again, if you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. But for Matt, Jeff, Ken, Josh, and Lara, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Pretty sure bonsai is not a Spanish word. Oh. No, that's Japanese. Yeah, I think. Ken, does that check out? <laughs> it checks out. Actually, it's Perfect. Scottish, just like the first language. <laughs> <laughs>